The longest running series on this channel happens to be a series based on stories about the paranormal. Welcome to the swamp my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be continuing the longest running series on this channel. We're going to be sharing some allegedly true and downright creepy unexplained horror stories. If you have a story with the ghost or the paranormal or with anything that you can't quite explain, please be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true unexplained horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Hello, Swamp Dweller. I have never submitted a story before. Forgive me for the subpar writing of this story. I want to preface this by saying that this story is 100% true. I am a skeptic, and as such, I don't put too much stock in the paranormal. That said, the events that took place on this night are, to this day, compelling evidence that my skeptical mind cannot rationalize. To set the scene, I will give you a short backstory. I have three siblings, two sisters and a brother. My brother and I are Irish twins, born almost 11 months apart, and are sandwiched between girls. When my mother was pregnant with my little sister, she caught my father cheating and threw him out. This happened when I was around two years old. It was not amicable. My father moved in with his mistress, and following my mother's divorce, he married her. Her name was Viola. For anonymity, that will be the only name I give. It is her real name, but that doesn't really matter. She had two children from a previous relationship, a boy and a girl. The girl is the older of the two. Coincidentally, the girl was the same age as my older sister, and the boy was born smack dab between my brother and me. Fast forward about six years. I am around eight years old at this point, and my dad recently moved to the same town as us. My stepmom and mom hated each other for obvious reasons. I realized that there is nothing unexpected in that. It is just essential to the story. They had moved into a house on Elm Street. The street name was also a coincidence and has nothing to do with any horror movies, but it was ominous since this all went down in 1989. Anyway, the house was creepy, but none of us could say why exactly. There had been terrifying noises coming from the fireplace, specifically the chimney. But other than that, the creepiness was ambiguous. Everything just felt off in that house. Okay, now that the scene has been set, I will get on with the story. One night about two weeks after we moved in, sometime around 2.30am, my dad claims that he woke up to some strange sounds coming from an old heating vent in the corner of his bedroom. While staring at the vent, a full body apparition appeared rising from the vent. It spoke to him telling him he had exactly 30 minutes to get his family out of the house. Anybody still in the house at 3am would suffer a horrific death. My stepmom had been startled awake during the dire warning. Now, she is legally blind, especially in the dark. She can't see this thing, but she can hear it. So, the scramble begins. An adult cousin of mine, my dad's niece, had been staying there that night. While everyone was gathered with relatives... 
Albeit scared and confused, she was not so lucky. The doors in this 90-plus-year-old house had old locks that required a skeleton key. My cousin had been locked in her bedroom, and the window in that room had been nailed shut for some reason, and the landlord had not given them a key to that door. Since it was so early on, it hadn't even been discussed at this point. Anyway, after many failed attempts to break down the door, they ended up having to break the window to get her out. My dad cut both of his hands severely in the process. This was at 2.59 a.m. At this point, they are all safely out of the house, but in desperate need of shelter. I felt that they had no other option, so they came to our home. This is where the validity of their claim is fortified in my mind. It was Viola that faced my furious mom at a little past 3 a.m. Viola looked my mom in the eyes and asked if they could stay the night. I witnessed this happen and can still hardly believe it. If you ask my mom, she will say she can't remember who asked them to stay, but she doesn't deny that they stayed that night. The next day, my dad got a hold of the landlord. This is apparently what he learned. About 80 years ago, the man that originally owned the house was at home alone with the three children. For reasons that we will never know, he decided to kill all three of his children. He did this by throwing them one by one into the coal furnace. After all the screams had died out, he pulled the remains from the stove, bagged them up, and put them in the chimney. His wife came home and caught him shoving the plastic bags up the chimney, and she attempted to flee. She did not get too far. He beat her to death and threw her lifeless body into the furnace. He then hung himself right there in the front of the furnace hatch. That was the story given by the landlord. Many years later, I decided to find out once and for all if this crazy story had any truth to it. I sifted through newspapers and online articles for hours. After four days of exceedingly dull research, I was about to give up. I thought that maybe there just wasn't any truth to this. Then I decided to look at one more source. And I think this was it. I was not looking at it anymore. Call it fate, call it coincidence, whatever you call it. This last piece of article, if it didn't have what I needed, I would just give up. I began to read this news article that reported on the murder, suicide, committed by the patriarch of a family living at the exact address on Elm Street. The details were scant, but it did say that there were three children, one that was 11, one that was 8, and one that was 3, his wife who was 39, and himself 40. A detail that the landlord hadn't known was that the man had an adult niece, 22, that had been there that night. He beat her to death in the very same room that my cousin was locked in. There it is. That's my story. Thank you, Swamp Dweller, for this opportunity to share it. By the way, the landlord said that he didn't have the skeleton key to the doors in that house. He said that the original owner was the only one to ever have them. Backstory. I'm 28, a prior infantry marine, and now an owner-operator flatbed trucker. I've never experienced anything paranormal or supernatural or anything like that previously. It all started when I got divorced from my wife and had to rent my own place. I wouldn't stay there except for about a month, so I got a cheap trailer in eastern North Carolina. This trailer was manufactured in 1983, and I know nothing of the previous inhabitants. The first night there, 
I had zero furniture and a buddy there to help me move stuff the following day. I slept on the floor of the master bedroom that first night and could not shake a feeling of unease and disturbedness. I attributed it to being in a new home and empty, but my buddy also commented on that feeling in the room that he was staying in. Fast forward a few weeks, and now it's properly furnished. I tried to keep sleeping in the main bedroom, but just couldn't fall asleep as I would constantly get a feeling of not being wanted there, or just general unease. I started to realize it was mostly focused on and around the one closet in the bedroom that I was staying in. Long story short, I just started sleeping in the living room on the couch and justified it to myself that my TV and Xbox were there as well as it was close to my daughter's room when I had her for the week. The first real incident was when I finally got tired of sleeping in the living room in the house I was paying for. So, my daughter not being home, I get my Glock on the bed, put it next to me. I'm not sure what the plan was, if there was any plan, and went to lay down. I did fall asleep, but I woke up at what I would guess to be around 3am to the bed, moving like someone was coming onto it next to me. I figured it was my dog, as I have a big German Shepherd. I guess a clue should have been that he hated that room of the trailer. He never came in it, even when I begged him to. Well, being a little annoyed and exhausted, I said, Mac, do you mind, bud? Cue the feeling of the bed rocking and the sensation, like it's being lifted. That wakes me up a bit more, and I call Mac again. I hear him get up and walk into the bedroom from the living room. I grab my Glock and hit the light underneath the barrel. It's an 800 lumen light. It lights up the entire room. I see my shepherd Mac tail between his legs at the threshold of the door, and something shoots into my closet and slams the door shut. I beat a tactical withdrawal back to the living room and reconsider my options. At this point, I'm still questioning what happened and if this was a real thing or just a dream. Well, the next day, broad daylight, I go back into the room because I'll be damned if I leave my pillow and blanket in there, and the closet door slams open again, and this feeling of absolute dread takes over me. I turn to leave the room and I swear, the door shuts. I'm not a small guy. I'm 6'1 and 230 pounds. I body ram this thing multiple times and eventually get the door to break down and promptly leave the trailer to drive around and contemplate my life. I don't have anywhere else I can go or live at this point. My daughter, who is two years old, has been over multiple times with zero incident. I go back on the road for about five weeks and honestly don't think much of it. I've had a few friends over who haven't believed me and have stayed in that room and say they can't sleep and feel like they're being watched or something, but nothing more than that. Nothing as dynamic as what has happened to me. I try to rationalize it to myself as stuff like the wind or maybe I just have weak doors. I don't know. It's stupid. Well, one day I come back and I've got my daughter over and I'm watching the rest of some kid's movie she wanted to watch. She eventually abandoned me to go play with her stuff in her room. I can hear her playing. Suddenly, she walks out of my bedroom and says, Ghost not nice. That catches me either off guard or by surprise because not even 10 seconds later, I heard her playing with a fire truck toy in her room, on the other end of the trailer. I promptly pack everything up, and we head to her mother's house. My 8-year-old niece also told me about a man that had tried to get her to come into the room and play in the closet with her. Call me irrational, 
but I go out to a local gun store and buy a flamethrower. Again, I'm not sure what my plan is, but I put the pieces together and fill it up with gas. I put it on, open the closet door, and say something stupid like, mess with me all you want, but leave my daughter out of this. You can have the house while I'm gone, but when I'm home, you stay in here, or so help me God I will burn the whole thing down, and we'll both be homeless, except I can buy another house. It's been about three months of relative peace now. Still, I wouldn't say I like going to the bedroom, and I refuse to open that closet and buy a nice couch to sleep on in the living room. But I feel as though, if not peaced, at least an uneasy truce has been made. Mac won't go near the door, and I don't believe it will venture out either. Now, I'm just waiting on my lease to end so I can get out of here, because my credit can't handle breaking the lease. Believe me or don't, it's your choice. But this has been witnessed by several people, including a good buddy of mine, who I asked to check out my house every so often while I'm out on the road. He's called and asked me several times if I'm home, and I haven't told him due to the lights being turned on and other things like that. I just really don't want him to be too scared to come and take care of my house, basically. So, I'm not sure what to do. Today's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh, you might ask? Well, it's America's number one meal kit. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. The holidays can be hectic, but HelloFresh helps keep things simple with recipes that cut back on the meal prep and cleanup so you can spend less time in the kitchen and more quality time with friends and family. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every single week, including vegetarian and calorie smart options and also gourmet options, providing plenty of variety for absolutely everybody. HelloFresh meals are ready in around 30 minutes or less. Plus, with their quick and easy meals, 20-minute recipes, or low prep and easy cleanup options, you can get food on the table quicker so you can spend more holiday time with loved ones. Recipes like balsamic and fig beef tenderloin or pecan-crusted salmon make holiday meals feel special without the high cost of dining out or delivery. So, what are you waiting for? Join me and many others in the swamp today. Go to HelloFresh.com swamped for and use code SWAMPED14 for up to 14 free meals and 3 free gifts. Again, go to HelloFresh.com SWAMPED14 and use code SWAMPED14 to get 14 free meals and 3 free gifts. Find out today why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit and the Swamp's number one choice. My name is Mike. I live in the middle of the woods. Most of the time it's pretty awesome. I can go and do what I want, and usually I don't have to worry about anything. I ride my horses through the woods, and since the land I ride on doesn't allow hunters, I don't usually have to worry about them. Okay, now let me get on with the story. As I said, I ride my horses through the woods, usually during the afternoon. One day, I got a wild hare and decided that I would get up at around 6 a.m. in the morning to go ride. My parents don't typically wake up until later in the day, so before I went outside, I made sure to let them know I was going out. After telling them where I was going, I went outside and pulled my horse out of his pasture. Elvis is a more diminutive gelding, only being around 15.3 hands or 61.2 inches. 
This will be essential later in the story. After I brushed and saddled Elvis, I got on and set out on my ride. It was a quiet morning, and the sun streamed through the trees. It felt like a typical day, although it was a little more relaxed than usual. Elvis was walking calmly, the leaves crunching under his feet. I decided to go a different way than I normally did this morning, crossing a stream and walking into foreign land. When I walked onto the ground beside the stream, something almost instantly felt off. It was quiet. Much too quiet. The birds that had been chirping seconds earlier had suddenly stopped. I didn't pay attention to this at first and I just kept on going. We walked on, seeing a clearing ahead of us. Elvis suddenly felt tense, just stopping suddenly. I was confused and tried to kick him forward, but he was not moving at all. That was when I saw something. A deer, maybe. No, this was far too big to be a deer. I nudged Elvis a step forward, trying to see it more. Then it moved, and my heart stopped. What was that thing? It was huge, taller than anything I'd ever seen. It had a skull for a head and huge antlers on top. Its body was almost skeletal. It was terrifying. It didn't see us but walked into the clearing. I stared in fear, wondering what it was and how it could be possibly that big. Then, this rotten odor hit me, and it was bad enough to make me start gagging. It was probably a hundred feet away, though. How could it smell that bad? It took a step in my direction, making my stomach churn. Then Elvis moved. The creature's eyes snapped in my direction. The soulless eyes. There was nothing ordinary about them. They were... they were dark. And when the light hit them, nothing would reflect. I didn't know what to do now. We were over a mile away from home, and there was absolutely nothing Elvis could do. He couldn't outrun this thing. Elvis was usually brilliant, but his fear took over. He just spun around and ran. And honestly, I, I don't blame him. I could hear the thing start chasing after us, but I didn't dare look back, just holding on for dear life as Elvis ran as fast as he had ever run before. Then suddenly the noise behind us stopped and the birds chirping started up again. The overwhelming feeling of fear was going away. I didn't stop Elvis though. I just let him run until we were back on our standard path. I have no clue what that thing was or, or why it wouldn't cross over the stream, but I will never ever go that direction again. Elvis is still the best horse you could ever meet, and I will always be grateful for him taking care of me that day. I'm 34 years old and I have absolutely horrible dreams. I'm not one to admit, but I'm petrified of the dark. I see shadows with glowing red eyes and I absolutely hate it. It's been going on for as long as I can remember. I'm not sure how or why I can see them. They scare me to death. During my childhood, I felt like they were following me around and I just didn't like it. And when I went to my grandparents' house, I felt like I was being watched as I went upstairs to use the bathroom. I'm not going to lie. I felt off when I walked upstairs. The upstairs made me feel uncomfortable for some reason. Now I'm also going to admit that I'm already feeling scared because of the dark shadow people who follow me around. So you can already guess how frightened I was when I felt uneasy about the stairs. I felt like I was being watched as I was using the bathroom. My aunt, for some reason, also loved to collect a bunch of clown stuff, 
and that bathroom was like a funhouse room. I can remember when I was a kid, I was always afraid to go near the room. I'm not a big fan of clowns. They give me bad dreams and bad vibes. I've had nightmares about clowns trying to kill me in my sleep and I can't get out of my dreams until I'm back in my house. It's strange. I have night terrors about my family and my mom and dad and siblings and I don't know why. I take medicine for my night terrors, that's how bad they are, but I still have them. Mostly, my dreams are about the devil. Yes, you heard me right. I'm not really prepared for what's going to happen in my future terrors, but I hope this made a good story for you to share in the show. I know it might not be too enthralling, but these experiences are definitely frightening to go through, and hopefully other people know what I'm talking about. I've had some scary and odd experiences with the supernatural since moving to St. Louis. I never saw anything paranormal, anything involving willies or being scared, nothing like that, none of this childish skittishness before proceeding here. I never had any real concrete evidence of anything like this. In the first home, it was the primary auditory and peripheral vision of odd shadows and noises. Then. I move out a block from one of the original priests associated with the true story of the exorcist. It was never one thing. It was a full force of things with me, needing a light exorcism by the Catholic Church down the street. The house had to be blessed twice, and the first official scare was my first summer in the second house. I was home alone, and I woke up to a weird electrical feeling, like static stings when dragging someone's feet on the carpet. When I opened my eyes, there was this significant, blacker-than-black smoke or glob thing hovering over me. I would not have noticed it if it were not for how it seemed to be dragging something from me with that electrical feeling. I quickly rebuked it in Jesus' name and was clear on the other side of the room, lickety-split while seeing what I believe today to be a warrior, holy angel swords, making that thing go away. In this room, I had seen black shadow people an older adult in a heavy coat and heeled shoes, and swirling silver circles over my children when they were sleeping. We had to learn to pay attention to doing good, being better people, and committing ourselves to our faith. However, the apparitions still show up. Now, it is an apparition of a kid, a double danger of myself in the garden when I was in the shower for my brother. I, I swear, our since-deceased cat, Romeo, intervened when a shadow was attempting to attack me. He just jumped at it in my sleep. The activity is most active from spring to fall for some reason. I have had bruises from the dreams, but no scratches yet. I am still here, I am still alive, and I still live in the same house. I now understand why this is all happening. I have recently discovered that I have much Native American root, and I do believe that I may be sensitive to the supernatural because of this. So my name is Colton. I'm a regular guy from a regular town, and I'm a family man. In 2020, the entire nation was going through a very unusual, odd, and what could only be characterized as downright scary time. I doubt that I need to go into what I'm talking about. I will say that the word lockdown is no longer a term used just for prisons, even though that's kind of what it felt like at times. My story starts maybe 10 days into the initial shutdown. 
Let me start by saying that I live in a very conservative state. We have very few restrictions on firearms or your ability to use them. Our state has what is commonly referred to as the Castle Doctrine, which in, in a nutshell means that if you are on my property and I deem you as a threat, I am within my rights to use deadly force to protect myself, my family, or my property. I will also mention that we have one of the lowest violent crime percentages in the nation, which is why I choose to raise my family here. I only note the information above to impress on the feeling of safety I have here. Not being safe in my home or even my town has never crossed my mind until about three weeks ago. So it was that Friday night. I would say that it was like a normal Friday night, honestly, but that was just not the case. After 9pm, there is nothing, and I mean nothing. Not a car, not a bike, not a person, heck, no noise at all. It's like The Walking Dead minus the zombies. This night, we had broken out the board games and Clue was the decided upon game. About 25 minutes into the game, my 16-year-old son bumped my shoulder and asked, uh, Hey Pop, did you hear that? I replied, hear what? He said that he heard something like tapping, but between me, him, his two sisters, and mom, there was quite a bit of talking and laughing. Our house is two stories. The family area is in the basement level, which is where we were. Upstairs is the front door and entry and three of the bedrooms. Maybe five minutes later I heard the same sound that my son had mentioned. He says, see? And there it is again. I told him that this time I heard it too, and that I would go up and have a look. I went up the stairs and started towards the front door when I heard a booming knock. Pounding would be more accurate on the front door. I stopped in my tracks. The upstairs lights are off, and it is quite dark. I decided to peek through my blinds to see who the heck might be at my door. My front porch light was tripped, so I knew something or someone was out there, but I couldn't see a thing. I have a security system with a front door camera, so I retreated downstairs and grabbed my tablet to look at what may have triggered and pounded on my door. I went back about 10 minutes to the time that my son first heard the first noise. The light came on, and the camera recorded the tapping sound, but nothing was there. The light goes off after about 60 seconds of no movement. A few minutes later, the light comes on again. The system re-recorded the tapping, and still, there's nothing there. Three minutes later, the system is activated again, and this time, it's, it's pounding. And again, there's nothing there. I thought maybe there was an issue with the video, so I activated all six cameras and I ran a diagnostic. Everything seemed to be running perfectly. My son asked me if he could try something. I said sure, and handed him the tablet. He reminded me that these cameras had a night vision capability. He moved the video back to the first tap, and used the night vision setting. Two seconds before the light came on, the camera caught a disturbing image. It had a shape. It was kind of transparent, and moved without touching the ground. It moved very quickly, as it covered my 50-foot front walkway in only about two seconds. My son asked me, Seriously, Dad, what is that? I told him I had no idea. I took the tablet from him and started forwarding it to the second tapping noise. Now, once the light comes on again, the night vision feature no longer works, but once the light goes off, the feature works again automatically. As I was forwarding the video, the light went off and to my amazement, the thing was still there at the door. It was standing still. Then after about three minutes or so, the light trips and you hear the tapping, but nothing appears on camera. 60 seconds pass, the light goes off, and sure enough, whatever it is, 
is still there. Again, it still is a statue. After another four minutes, the light comes on and the pounding is heard. I waited 60 seconds, and when the light went off, the thing was not there. I then activated all six cameras on the live feed, and all the night vision settings turned on. I almost dropped the tab. There, in the backyard looking through a window, is that thing. By this time, my whole family was looking at the screen when we all realized that the window this thing was looking through is the window right in front of us. The girls got scared and agitated by this, and honestly, I don't blame them. I'm going to be honest, I was a bit worried myself. I gave the tab to my son and told him to keep an eye on it and let me know if it moves. I went and grabbed my Benelli 12 gauge and headed to the back door with my son close behind. I asked, is it still there? He replied, yes. I told him to disengage the auto feature on the security lights so that when I opened the door, the lights wouldn't come on. I quickly opened the door, stepped outside, and looked to my left at the window. My son said, Dad, it's looking at you. I yelled, Who are you, and what do you want? It's moving towards us, Dad. Now, I'm not crazy, and when I realized that I couldn't see this thing with my own eyes, I was not going to fire my weapon indiscriminately with no visible target. I stepped back inside and closed the door and locked it. It's at the door, he said. My wife is now down the hall asking what in the hell is going on. All I could say is that I have no clue. Then, once again the tapping on the door. At this point, all I could muster was, you are trespassing. Leave now. Then, the automatic security lights came on, all of them at the same time. I whispered to my son, I thought you turned those off. He replied that he did and that the setting was still off, yet all of them stayed on for about a minute. When the lights went off, the thing was no longer at the door. None of the cameras could see that it was gone. All five of us stayed up all night, watching the TV and the cameras. This thing was no longer at the door, but we felt unsafe still. Once the sun came up, my girls went to sleep on the couch, but the rest of us couldn't manage to do the same. I can't tell you how many times we have watched that 25 minutes of video over and over. Let's say, it's definitely a lot of times, and none of us have slept very well since. I have no idea what was outside our house that night, but I don't think any of us will ever feel quite as safe as we once did. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true unexplained horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button, as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there, as it really does help us grow. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's a paranormal story or something different, please be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net, or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, but would still like to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free 
from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and perhaps giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threats. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.